Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Chris Marler. Chris, oh. what's going on today? How are you feeling after a, a late night? Um, I feel fine. I, I That was not fun. <laughs> um, I I had a friend over too, and uh, and it was um, I'm like I, I'm gonna say it was a friend. We're not. This is not anything more than that. And I'm not gonna say that we're a blank podcast because she's an Ohio State fan, um, mm. and that would just kill me inside more than I already am. But yesterday was the best day of football. I feel like we've. I feel like we are living 2007 over again, and we don't realize it. But like, well, yeah, 100%. Remember, remember what we said in the last podcast it was like, this is another week where on paper, there's not like a lot of good matchups. You say that I said that. And but I also like said, week. no, but I said this same exact scenario presented itself a couple weeks ago and it was insane. There was like five top 10 teams that lost or whatever it was. So I was like, was there not this- a ranked? There was one ranked ranked versus ranked opponent, right? Uh, well, that was the yeah the Auburn yeah. Texas A and M game. That was the only one. And and so there were seven teams, I think, seven ranked teams that lost this week, which doesn't even seem like that much. Oklahoma was the biggest winner because they didn't fucking play. But you had you had seven teams lost, and I think it was at least five were the unranked teams. Which, as we know from every fan that I talked to after that A and M game, is an inexcusable thing that should happen. And if you do lose to an unranked team, like your team automatically it doesn't make the playoff, and you should go face a firing squad. That's true. But it was an awesome day. It was it was an awesome weekend. Like we had, like the, the parade. First off, we got to talk about that because you look like an idiot. Oh yeah, yeah. You look like Everlast. You know that I'm rocking my World Series beanie, <laughs> my championship beanie. It's the only gear I have that's come in. Yeah. I, the night that we won, shirt. I went on to Fanatics and Dick Sporting Goods and spent way too much money. And that's like awesome. each item is coming at like a different month of the year over the next year. <laughs> I remember when the Red Sox won in 2004. Um, my I, like all I wanted for Christmas that year was like Red Sox stuff because I mean it's been 86 years, right? And mm-hmm. like I remember that same thing happened, but my dad, he got me four gifts for Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and what he should have done is just told me and I would have understood. Oh yeah. It's on back order. Of course. Cause the Red Sox fans are coming out of the fucking woodwork and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But he didn't, he wrapped the actual emails saying this won't be like confirmation. <laughs> yeah. He, he put those in boxes and then wrapped them. <laughs> the lightest box you're picking up to, I'm like, what could this be? Like, this shaking could be it. another like, after the third one. You're like, hmm, I've seen a trend here. <laughs> is this the feather from Forrest Gump? Like, what is happening in here? Um, and and that's just all it was. Like, I think I got a shirt, and then the rest of them were like, <laughs> it's just like notes. But anyway, no. I, was, I mean, the parade it was awesome. Jock yeah, Peterson the parade was, was my, great. Is my Did you go? That was no. Oh, I, like I'm still like recovering from like being sick, and I don't. Yeah want to be around people and, and like dude it sucks too because we've had so many listeners emory picker's been in town fucking david carter's been in town like i don't know i didn't mean to say fucking david carter like it was a bad thing because i love that yeah. dude. um and it sucks because i've like i've talked to both of them like extensively like, almost like more than i have like you know at any other like point this year it seems like and and um that's probably not true but but like yeah and they're, they're like fucking 15 minutes away and i can't can't see like any of those like listeners but I, it it has been awesome to watch from our city and and, like, oh, yeah. and Braves fans. 
Yeah, it was fun. I was there, um, you know, I went to the battery section. Thank God. Apparently the downtown section was like a, a NASCAR race through there. Yeah, because yeah, of all the violence. I don't know Potentially, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know the reasonings, Chris. I just. Uh, I'm just uh, saying. I mean, as somebody used to live there, it's, you know, it's 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 hard to comprehend why somebody would spend that much money in, on homes down there. That's all I say. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was you know there for the parade, and then, and that was off the chain. I mean, th- some of those players were just hammered. <laughs> Will Smith. A- I was trying to figure out who was the drunkest. I think it might have been Will Smith, but there were a lot that were on the list. Um. And then I actually I went in like the stadium, I... and I went to the ludicrous uh, big boy thing, How's which was that? fun. That was a lot of fun. I'll post a, a video I got, you know, of a guy who was probably mid to late fifties, maybe sixties, oh, no. that knew every uh, single yes. word to Ludacris's, um Which one is it? move, bitch? Get out the way! He knew every every word. Uh. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, I got some video of that. Then I felt bad. I was like, I don't want this guy to think I'm making fun of him. I just think it's awesome. But you were. So it's, I mean. Somewhat. But then I was also thinking to myself, that's going to be me in 20 years. (laughs) Like, Right, right. Like, see, (laughs) it's so funny, too, because I love those memes that are like, like, like somebody, it's like, like, fast forward, like 2050. And it's like, this is me and grandma's first song. And it's like back that ass up or something like that <laughs> uh, ludicrous i think i've said this before fun fact that ludicrous his first video for what's your fantasy was was shot at the atrium which i've headlined in a comedy show there there's a fucking indoor pool that cannot be held uh, safe um but it's <laughs> it's in the same complex as my my childhood pediatrician that's how that's how hood my <laughs> my yeah. area was growing up but no like so it was it was really fun like first off how was that concert because i've seen both of them live but like in an actual concert setting and I so i will say it it got really weird because big boy was was great and i th- i feel like a lot of the, like i went with one of my coworkers who's 25 and he like doesn't really know big Her? boy yeah he doesn't know big boy he knows of outcast but like that's not really his vibe so he was like oh this is kind of cool randomly hold zach on, brown hold on hold on what do you fucking mean that's not his vibe how the fuck like, is that not someone's vibe in this city? He was born in 1995. Like Outcast was like in his prime when he was <laughs> when he was born. Like so, he just never listened to him that much. Yeah. Anyways, in between Ludacris and Zach Brown or uh, uh, Big Boy, Zach Brown randomly shows up, and he's like clearly there to promote two songs, but it's not his full band. It's just him. So he's singing over the track. And it's like the worst vibe. Like you go from Big Boy, everyone's getting hyped up. Zach Brown like surprises everyone, sings two of the worst songs. I'm a big Zach Brown fan, and it was just awful. And then they pop over to Ludacris. Ludacris comes out. Everyone's going crazy for Ludacris. His sound completely went out for like 10 to 15 minutes. All you could hear was his mic. So he he acapella like three songs. <laughs> Dude. Uh, but then the music came back on. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun, man. But like Jock Peterson getting up there and that was fucking you know, great. I it made me so happy as somebody that loves saying the f word. Yeah, like I don't know, and I, I felt like a proud dad, which is so stupid and irrational. But it just like I just I I know we live in the South and I know we in the Bible Belt and all that kind of shit. Like you know, my mom wishes that I didn't say as many bad words. 
but it's just like it makes me so happy when people normalize that kind of stuff in public it doesn't need to happen all the time but right. it's one of those things where you, he had to drop that when they when they called him up to speak i turned to my buddy yeah. and i was like he's gonna have to say what he put in that player it, tribune article which was awesome if yeah. you missed it too because it's, it's 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 really I have like goosebumps talking about it because and I'm not I'm not a Braves fan obviously I'm like from the city we've discussed it and I was yeah. cheering for the Braves, um, but like there are a few things that really rally this whole city together because this city is such a transient city where there's so many yeah. people coming in and that's how like the whole I mean talk about like the 70s and stuff like that like where we had such like a huge fucking influx of people from like Pittsburgh especially and like the north and all these things just, like kind of factor into this it's like a massive melting pot of other yeah. fan bases right and that's why anytime you go to a falcons game a hawks game a right. braves game if it's like another big market team it, those fans are so much louder than the atlanta fans because you, right. you got so many people down here from those big yeah. areas i mean i remember going to like we, i went to the eagles game this year with rich and it was that way went to the eagles game in 2015 with my ex ashley and i remember posting something was like atlanta delphia because it was just like you know yeah. fans everywhere mm -hmm. but and that's one of the things that's kind of factored into this whole negative narrative about yeah you know uh not being a good sports city but when he wrote that article and it was like i remember reading it and I was it was like, before the world series started yeah and if you guys know what we're saying basically the whole quote was like he's like right this whole thing about you know, so, so excited to be here, mid-year pickup, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, because and everything was against this, like, all-odds situation. They had this, they yeah. had the worst odds of any team. It's actually the Red Sox and them had the two worst odds of any teams, um, like, to, like entering the playoffs to win the World Series. And he, he ended the article with, like, this this line he said, he's like, I don't know, but, you know, maybe we, maybe we are just, maybe we are just those motherfuckers. Yeah, like, because like, he, he was talking about how you got to have some guys that, like, they're just those motherfuckers that get it done. Yeah. And like, he's just like, yeah, he ended the, 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 the article. Like maybe we are those guys. And, um, what was weird is he, I knew he was going to say that, but Joe Simpson was like emceeing the event. And he was no. like, <laughs> did you see that? Joe Simpson I was put on one of the best five minute comedic sets I have ever fucking seen. He was ruthless to these people. Like he, he fucking roasted everyone. And yeah. like like the commissioner, the Astros, yep. the Dodgers, God, it was incredible. But man. he, so he, he didn't quite go to Jock's level, but he basically incited the whole crowd to chant motherfuckers. The whole crowd. Yeah, because he was like, "I'm not gonna say it, but I'll start it. And you finish it. We are those." And he just holds the mic up, and the whole crowd just says it. And I was like, "This is it's Which getting is lit like in here." Forty-two thousand people. It's broad fucking daylight. Okay, which that's that's even it, like anytime you're drunk in the day, con like going to a con. I remember my dad telling me this when I first started drinking, and I was like at a at a like Bama game, and he's like, "All right, have fun." It, drinking during the day is a different thing. It's a it whole is. different type of drunk because like yep. you're so much more aware of everything because every the lights are on, right? Like, and and so, but but like. The, the 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 day itself it's like this overcast day or whatever it kind of looks weird and i remember i tweeted about it because he did it because i was like whoa we got breaking news by the way oh what now who got fired florida defensive coordinator todd grantham and o-line coach john hevesy have been fired why was the o-line coach fired why can't they no fire idea. the right fucking person i gotta get another beer talk about it for a second <laughs> uh so yeah, interestingly enough, I was reading before we got on the podcast. I was I went on a two four seven Florida site, 
And uh, also on Saturday Down South, there's a, there's an article written, and basically everyone's kind of corroborating their stories here. And it sounded like there was kind of a run-in between Mullen <clears throat> and the AD Scott Strickland at Florida after the game. And Is it at the Sabaro Pizza in the mall, Did you see that picture? Yeah, and in not so kind terms, Strickland was like, "Something needs to change immediately." Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be public, but something is going to have to change immediately. And apparently that was right, because this is just now being reported by Bruce Feldman was the first to report um, Todd Grantham and John Hevesy out. Uh, Hevesy's a pretty good... And you're tweeting. I, my, the, the most recent tweet was from you. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so... Uh, let's talk about the parade, I guess. Yeah, let's get into it, but first... Chris, I got to tell you, when when the Braves won the World Series, I did something that I've never done before. I told you I went on a shopping spree like for the ages. I actually yeah. bought an NFT of the of the final Trust out. Me. Have you gotten you know, like, into the NFT thing? No, Tyler. You know that I don't know technology well enough to understand. <laughs> These are like fake fake baseball cards. No, 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 no. Totally different. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. Just I don't do yes. the digital baseball cards, but NFTs are totally different. So, um, there, it's an amazing piece of technology that's really like going crazy right now. And um, you can own of like I own. I now own the video of the last out of the the Braves World Series. Now, it's not a one of one, but a lot of times these NFTs are one of ones. I mean, you're the only person in the world that owns it. And right. the way that people know that you own it is because it's attached to something that bitcoin uses are you are, are you following me here <laughs> totally this is all i love this no I, i'm excited blockchain about the sponsor anyways because, yeah i know blockchain yeah so nfts now have officially come to college football which is awesome i i'm yeah. very excited to see um where this heads so campus legends is launching the first ever officially licensed athlete in school nft and their first drop is on Wednesday. They're starting with the 2008 National Championship Florida Gator football team. Yeah. So if you're a Florida fan listening to this, there's a lot going on. You just <laughs> lost to South Carolina. You, you just lost your defensive coordinator. You randomly just lost your O-line coach. Um, but now you got this NFT. Up. Wednesday yeah. it drops. Now Campus Legends is going to be rolling out more drops for more schools in the future. But this week, it begins with their partnership with the University of Florida, and the drop happens on Wednesday. You can start buying, selling, and trading officially licensed collegiate digital collectibles in the form of an NFT. What's cool about this, even cooler, is that Campus Legends is involving the players as well. So now that the NIL is out, Campus Legends is actually helping current and past players monetize their NIL through this new NFT marketplace. So... If you're a Florida fan, and soon there will be other schools, but this week on Wednesday, go to campuslegends.com, click click sign up in order to be ready for the for the Wednesday drop. So you can do it tonight, you can do it tomorrow, yeah. just do it before Wednesday. Repeat, go to campuslegends.com and get ready to get in on the NFT game for college football. Okay, so shout out to my buddy Cruz Oxenrinder. Uh, one of my he, he's like like famous on Bama Twitter for for whatever reason great dude like one of my like one of my good friends now um because i was trying to recruit him over to sds uh 
like throughout this whole year. And then he ended up landing this job and it's been, he, this is how we got this partnership. Um, it's cause it just all makes sense. But I was talking to him on Friday about it and, and he brought up the point. Cause like, you know, I mean, like I get the idea of an NFT. <laughs> I do. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's explained to me, but, but like the other partnerships, the other teams, they're hoping that that, that shit is announced like, like this week mm-hmm. with, with very big names. And it's been an awesome partnership so far with, uh, with Florida, he said, um, but those, this, the stuff they've already dropped, like before this 2018, obviously the, the, the few things they've already come out with, they were sold out within 30 minutes. Wow. I mean, like immediately. So this is a really cool situation. Really cool thing. Um, you know, probably honestly, I was gonna say not a great time or timing that we're doing it with Florida, but probably is a good yeah. timing with Florida. Cause there's like, you know, this is we like, live comfort food, but yeah, comfort food, but on blockchain. So there you go. Um, anyway, all right, where are we starting to... this week? Recap. Okay, so <laughs> we got voicemails. We do have voicemails. We have, um, I guess, just like looking at the big, the scope of everything. Uh, we have to, we have to one really enjoy the last month of the season, um, because it's just. I mean, this is. I can't believe we're already in the final month of the regular season. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've been depressed for other reasons. Obviously, I'm trying to just still get out of that but i think that looking at the rest of the season the other thing that's depressing i think most fans in the southeast is what we continue to know more and more each week which is georgia's the best team in the country it's not close it's it's i'm beginning to wonder if there's like i do think that there's other good teams but i don't think there's any other like great teams outside of georgia like at all it's it's very much like um I'm trying to think of the best. It's like a 2019 LSU. I've said that before the season. It had a very big feel. It it it, it looks similar to 2019 LSU and 2020 Bama, where you were watching all year and you just kind of assume there are other elite teams. Like right, like Ohio State has to come around at some point. Oklahoma, or like like there's gonna be four teams, right? Like in the playoffs, no matter what. And surely there has to be other good teams. We're just not watching them. Mm-hmm. We're watching them. I mean, like Bama looked like shit yesterday. Right. And and I totally get that. But so did like fucking like college football. Uh, what was it? Unnecessary roughness on. I, I love those guys in general. I like it's people, which is weird. I, I don't always respect the football takes, just to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. That's like, that's fine, because I, I, I know that I say we are in the business of saying stuff. It's <laughs> so, right. like. A lot of times I'll say, like, somebody reminded me of something I said on Twitter. I'm like, I said that? And they're like, yeah, like two days ago, dude. But <laughs> yeah. I think it was like Jack Mack. And I love Jack Mack to death. Um, but like, he made some comedies like, it's like, what's the one takeaway you have from yesterday? He's like, Bama's not the number two team in the country. And, I, and like, maybe this is coming from me being defensive of my team and being biased. Like, I'll, I'll admit that. But if they aren't, who is, especially after yesterday? Because we watched in every single fucking like time slot, somebody shit the bed. At the number two, Cincinnati looked like shit at 3.30. Ohio State looked like shit at, at 12 o'clock. Bama looked like shit at 7. Yep. Like, it's like a hot potato of who wants to be the second best team and get their brains beat in by Georgia. It was just, it was one of those, one of those weeks, man, where it was, it, 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 even in the NFL. I mean, you saw this yeah. week, like, crazy upsets. Like It's late in the just, season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, keep, like, how do you keep... How do you, I mean, you barely can keep me focused for an hour and a half every, every like, like twice a week. Like, right. imagine uh-huh. keeping kids focused for fucking like 
a quarter of the year. I'd say the other thing too, back to the Georgia thing. Did you watch that game? I I mean, look, most of their games, I, I find myself watching for like a quarter or so. And then it's like, okay, like this other team doesn't have a chance. So like, I, I'm going to probably find a better game. Like I went, I flipped from Georgia, Missouri over to Wake Forest UNC, which was just an insane game. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, I watched them dominate. Like obviously Missouri, what they got up three, nothing <laughs> like Missouri had, yeah, which did not go off my first quarter bets. Um, Missouri had, uh, what was it? It was, they had more rushing yards in the first half than Georgia, which was very, very yeah. surprising. Didn't matter. I mean, like you're, and you're right, but it was, it was impressive to see that they did some things with a backup quarterback that other teams haven't done. And again, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, it's, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't factor in anything moving forward. It's just, I swear, to, I swear to God, I'm going to be serious when I say this. If Kirby Smart doesn't give the fucking ball on a handoff to Jordan Davis at some point this season, what's what's all of this even been for? Right. Maybe they will against Tennessee next week. Um, I'm in the block. I mean, obviously they now have somewhat of a controversy around the team with the whole Adam Anderson thing. Obviously, yeah. I'm not going to comment on that, but like it's a, I mean, it's a big deal. He's they've got a ton of good players, but he's one of the best ones. Um so I mean, you know yeah it's, it's interesting and all i'll say about that is it's it's interesting how it's being handled because his lawyer is very confident i feel like in wanting him reinstated immediately and maybe that's just like a public like for public perception i don't know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna speculate on anything like that because that's a very serious allegation yeah um but anyway no i just think like like i just looking at the scope of everything i want to talk about the national scene it starts with georgia because yep. of how dominant they were. They looked incredible again. They couldn't cover the spread. JT Daniels. I, I it's this year and last year just so completely different. Not only in my personal life, but also <laughs> college football. Well, that kid's like, just, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens there after this year. Uh, clearly, they're not going to go back to JT Daniels, I don't think. Right? I don't know. I think they will. I you do. I, I, well, well, Kirby was finally like somewhat definitive in what he was saying when he said something about he brought up something about how uh like he he like he's the guy that's got us here mm-hmm. which is which is true um i don't know i just if you're if if you're a georgia fan at this point and it even matters to you still like if, if you have been watching football this like this long just this season and you still are like upset and think that like like fully in your heart believe jt daniels needs to be the starting quarterback you are just beaten down with PTSD from so many years of having your heart ripped out in dramatic losses that, that you can't see straight because it doesn't matter. And Stetson Bennett's been great. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I don't know like that they're going to face a team that's really going to be able to go toe to toe with them. I mean, you may not ever, ever need (laughs) that. I don't know. It's just, it's uh, they're, they're on a run for the ages here, especially on defense. So they have it. Bama fans were, I, I said this to a couple of Georgia fans last week on Twitter, like in the DMs, I was like, any Bama fan that's telling you, and, and Sarthak, listen, like one of our listeners, Sarthak, was very upset about the extensive talk about Bama. Um, so I'm sorry. We're, so right now we are talking about nationally relevant teams, mm-hmm. and we are going to get to Mississippi State later, I promise. But the thing, like I remember telling this to Georgia fans, I was like, if any Bama fan is telling you right now 
well, they haven't faced an offense yet, or they haven't faced an offense like ours. They're lying through their teeth and they're just trying to convince themselves that this isn't over and that like they have a chance to beat for Georgia and they, and they don't. Right. And if you watched like, I hate to laugh at it because it's my team, but you watch this Georgia defense every week in a week out and they are so they can't, they, they had a goal line stand late in the game for no, for nothing. Get your players out. Don't get injuries. Like it means fucking nothing. But it means something to them. And in this day and age of offensive football and putting up points on the board, it is really refreshing, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Georgia, admittedly. It's really refreshing to watch someone care about keeping points off the board. And it was, yeah. it's just so fucking, they're so good. But um, but Bama fans trying to convince themselves of this. And like I've been saying all year, this O-line is if you saw they did against AM, you saw what they did against Florida. How do you think they're gonna tell us you they like can't that's, and even they can't defend the run, and yet, like LSU blitzed all night. They blitzed like I, I honestly think they blitzed on ninety five percent of plays, and so and, it, and so I was just cracking up because it's like we just it's, everything just keeps getting cemented more and more. And in a year where we don't know, it's like like week to week, we don't we don't know what we're looking at sometimes, right? It's like like we think we we think this team's great and blah blah, blah but they're not. We knew we knew to look one like truth, and it's just that Georgia is separating themselves from everybody. But like, talk about the teams. Like you said, you watched UNC Wake. The teams outside of the SEC, um, like yeah, that like, Cincinnati game was insane. Did you watch that? Uh, the end. Did you see the end? Tulsa got in twice. Well, you know, let's was, start with game day. That... Let's start with fucking game day because I this pissed me off. I, I was. It was three hours. I thought it was a really cool, like really cool thing to go to Cincinnati. Especially, it wasn't like they were playing a big game. They were a twenty-two and a half point favorite against a three and five Tulsa team. It was really cool that game day chose to go there. They they complained for three fucking hours that since he wasn't ranked higher in the college football playoff ranking, that's all they did. That was the only narrative they could come up with yeah. for three fucking hours. Cincinnati fans, they did a great job with the game day signs. But just nonstop, and then you go out there against Tulsa. Tulsa twenty-three point twice. favorite. Did, did, am I crazy? Did they, did, I took Cincinnati the because twice? I was like, I was just like, at some point they're gonna have to realize that like <clears throat> you're gonna have to start blowing everybody out that you play. Like you have to start now. And so Tulsa was like a, th- a three-win team, and so I was like, you know what? Since he at home, they got the college game day thing. This will be the the week. Why not? And Tulsa is finds themselves down 28-20, driving in. They go for it on fourth and four. They don't get it. So Cincinnati takes over just to run the clock out. Honestly, that's all they had to do. They were just going to rush Eat, up the middle. Yeah. And Desmond Ritter fumbles the ball, obviously recovered within the, within the 10. And you're right. You on third down... The quarterback had a wide open lane to the end zone, and he he ran and slid in, and he slid. The ref said down at the one. He slid too early. Oh, mm. first off, the second down play. The second down play was one of the best tackles, and 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 I would say game saving tackles. I think you'll ever see if you go back and watch it because the way he was tackled, his arm like the like the part, the top of his shoulder or like the bottom of his shoulder was like wrapped up. And so the kid couldn't, couldn't physically extend his arm. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were even down at like the fucking half foot line. 
But but yeah, so third down. Yeah. There's no way you're telling me that ball didn't touch the fucking uh, the, the goal line. No, I mean, I think it did. But the the way the game went, the ref said it didn't. And then fourth down, they give it to the back. <clears throat> he jumps and just like you always do, you know, you try to put the ball over. It looked like he clearly got in, but then fumbled it immediately. And it fell into the end zone. And of course, Cincinnati jumps on it. Game over. Both calls on the field were in Cincinnati's favor. Both calls could, did not have enough evidence to be overturned. I, I just, but like the nose of the football just has to touch. We're talking just the tip, just for a second to see how it feels. That's it. And, and Cincinnati escapes. After, I mean, listen, enjoy, enjoy the moment. You know, like I'm not going to like shit on a group of five school for being excited and, and wanting to get into the playoff at all. But when you sit here and bitch for the whole week about the rankings and everyone's doing it in your favor, Desmond Howard is saying on game day, talking about Bama being at two is SEC bias. And maybe it is. I don't know. But you have everyone sitting here talking about going to bat for you. And all you've done is complain. And you have the opportunity. Like it's three and five Tulsa at home. I, I just resolved. Yeah. The other the other early game, um, I so I had on was Nebraska-Ohio State. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was close. Nebraska, they just seem to get into this weird late game. Like every game they're in. Something always late. goes wrong. Yeah. But I tell you what, man, it's it's and I know this is because I hate the Big Ten, like like fully. I, I'll admit it. Um it is so fucking difficult for me to watch Big Ten football. Yeah. It is it is it's not it's not great. <laughs> Nebraska missed like two, three field goals. And, and and to be honest, man, Joel Klatt. I think he does a really good job of doing his research. And and I think he's I think he knows the game of football really well. I really do. The stuff I feel like he has to say in favor of, of the Big Ten, because somebody's got to go to bat for him. I get it. It it is well, so, Fox has the contract with him too. Right. And so I, I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, but like if you if y'all hate y'all hate Danny Cannell for no reason as as we've all we've proved on this podcast and we had so many people say like how much they liked Cannell afterwards, uh, this guy, and again I think he I think he really is good at his job and knows the game of football, but it's like the stuff he tries to tell himself about you know he uh, Friday night I watched this show and and he compared uh, Bama's loss to unranked Texas A and M, he said it was a bad loss and he compared it to. Oregon's loss at Stanford. Stanford had just gotten beaten by Utah 52 to seven to go to three and six on the year. So that was frustrating. If you watch the broadcast, Gus Johnson is fucking great, but, but Clat, it's like, especially late in the year, it's like they're, they, they know what's on the line. It's almost like politics. They're like the last month, they're like really pressing. Like you, we gotta, we gotta prop up these teams. We gotta get somebody in the playoffs. So it matters. And the stuff he was saying about Ohio State, he said Ohio State had the best defensive line in college football. And he, and he immediately was like, listen, George, I'm sorry, but like this is the best of it. It's like, really? Because they have been Yikes. a shit defense all year. Yeah. You, you honestly put it best. I brought you up on radio the other day when you said they've gotten fat and happy off of really bad teams. Yeah. And you go to Nebraska, and, and, and then, of course, they were like, well, we were, out with, we were without Garrett Wilson. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that must have accounted for twenty-eight points. Yeah. And then the Ole Miss Liberty game was kind of entertaining, but it didn't really matter in the grand scheme. Well, also Michigan State predictably loses to Purdue, like they always do, and like got smoked in the process. 
Yeah. I, I just kind of thought that they would. It's it's weird how that everyone called that. Like everyone. Yeah. Not just even because Purdue. It was like, well, they're coming off a big win, the rivalry game. So that was interesting. Um, what, are the, what else am I missing nationally? The Washington win, loss over Oregon was hilarious because of the, the way it yeah. did. <laughs> well, yeah. And then the, the, the coach was seen like striking one of his players. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But they it was they were down eight with less than two minutes on their and like they were deep in their own territory, but they're like, we're gonna punt. It's like what? <laughs> and they they're down eight. Like you you can't punt here. And they snapped it over the punter's head. <laughs> they lost by 10. Um and yeah, yeah, nationally so there wasn't a lot. I mean, Iowa State blew out Texas. Like, not that that's a national game. I'm just surprised Sark is they're kind of falling yeah. off Texas is. Um, streak, which is tough. I, still, no, I think I we should head to the start. SEC here uh, because there was One a lot thing of I do want to say before we get to the SEC, Michigan beat uh, Indiana. And I didn't think anything of it. And I don't care because that the Big Ten, like I said, sucks um, in general. Minnesota's ranked for a week. They lose to whoever it was. But I'll tell you this. Michigan beat Indiana 29 to 7. And again, prime number has to be involved. Indiana, I saw a stat today. Indiana is one of the power five wins for Cincinnati and they are in the big 10. They were a team that, you know, was like almost in the top 10 last year. Indiana hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since the second week of the season. That is miserable football to watch a B. There's a reason they're two and seven. You ever question why I don't like the big 10. Think about that. Think, think about watching any fucking team. that's not, from the 1970s or 40s or triple option team, they haven't thrown a touchdown pass. Anyway, let's get to the SEC. All right. Where do you want to start? You want to start in Tuscaloosa or do you want to go a little bit more? Let's let's start with South Carolina, Florida. Yeah, let's do that. And then let's go to Mississippi State for starting. Okay. Back. So <laughs> first off, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pat myself on the back here. You deserve it, man. So we were coming up with our hot takes last week. My hot take, which was posted on social media. So people got it before. And I went through the comments after the game. And, you know, it was mostly South Carolina fans. That I think Florida fans at this point are just checked out. They're like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. We might lose South Carolina. I don't know. South Carolina's but, a great fan base. <laughs> but South Carolina fans are in the comments. And they're like, yeah, this is a great take, but I don't think this is happening. And, right. uh, and, uh, and then obviously after the game, people are like tagging their buddies like, oh, Oh, it's not happening, huh? And like, uh, I tagged myself and I go, man, this guy's really smart and hot. Yeah, I saw that. I, <laughs> but, I, uh, um, I went to go because I went to text you after it happened because I was like, holy shit, Tyler yeah. called that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that I just was awesome. knew, you know, you can just get that sense from teams that are just, they're, they've just completely thrown it in. They're just like, I, I don't, Florida is so disinterested at this point. And yeah. honestly, I'm shocked that they're not just getting rid of Mullen. I mean, clearly now, if you're high, if you're firing coordinators, that means Mullen is staying next year. I would imagine. You think so? I th- I would think so. Yeah. That makes. I mean, sense. why I why else would you be works. high? Why would you? There's got to be fall guys, right? I mean, it, and that always does happen. You had like you see this before. Yeah. The rest of us. That's a good point. I just I can't imagine keeping him. You know, I, two two things I saw today that were just uh, like astounding to me because because I, I like. I was, was watching this game and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And the friend I had over was like, she said something about how 
well, she was like, why they're both four and four. And I was like, no, it's different. It, and, and it was like <laughs> yeah. such a good way to like to put it. But I was like, the two things I saw that were, were like really impactful. I think uh, that finally made me realize that this team is like how bad the things like the state of everything is in Florida. Canel tweeted something today about how last year after the orange bowl, when they got trounced by Oklahoma, Mullen excused and basically admitted that they just didn't give a shit. Like, because they had all these players out. And it's a weird thing game. to admit. It, you know, I didn't really think about it at the time. I kind of just, because you kind of like assume, yeah, maybe that's what happened. But as a head coach of a football team, that's really odd to yeah. just be okay with your team quitting. And he was like, anytime you have that, it becomes acceptable in a locker room. And it obviously has. And you called it, which is flat out, like, you know, it was really impressive. The other thing, there are only four teams. They are, wait. They have the worst record in the last 10 games against power five teams. They have like the, like there's only three teams with the worst record. That's what it is. Only three teams with the worst record than Florida against power five teams in the last 10 games, Kansas, Arizona, who won their first game since 2019 this weekend and Vanderbilt. I'm going to say that again. Oh my God. This is where Florida, Florida, the program is at. They are right above Kansas, Vanderbilt, Arizona, who won their first game since 2019. That is fucking awful. I don't even know how it got this bad this fast. Um, but I do want to start with hard. South Carolina. Obviously, great win for Shane Beamer. Jason Brown, the FCS transfer from St. Francis, gets his first start. Throws for two touchdowns. Both Saquandre White and Kevin Harris both go over 100 yards rushing. Florida came into this game averaging 242 yards a game on the ground. One of the better rushing attacks in the country. Yeah. South Carolina holds them to 82 yards rushing. Um, I know that you know the flu went through the team for Florida. Uh, apparently upwards of 30 players missed every single practice uh, during the week. Um, actually, weirdly enough, the same thing happened at Florida State this week. Um, so clearly Florida's just getting, got the flu bad, uh, the state. Um, but that, you got to give a lot of... It. Sure. Yeah. Hepatitis, <laughs> but all right. Yeah. Um, you got to give it to South Carolina, man. I mean, I get yeah. the whole reason I called it because I felt, felt Florida wouldn't be interested in playing in the game. Night game at South Carolina. Of course, they're going to be fired up. But you got to give them credit. Yeah, you know, do we not do that enough in general? I feel like in this job, like, yeah, you know what I mean. We don't. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's it's probably true. We we do have we have a couple voicemails from this game that I want to get to. A um, couple South Carolina people and uh, and a Florida guy. So let, let's start with um, a Carolina caller here. Let's see. Yo, Dex Kendall calling here. A long time Gamecocks fan long time SBS pod listener. How about them game costs, baby? Florida sucks, <laughs> by the way. I'm about half a boat box deep. Uh, that's probably like two bottles of wine. I don't know. I don't care at this point. <laughs> but South Carolina just beat Florida's ass. 40 to 17. Apparently it's the most points South Carolina has ever scored against Florida which kind of blows my mind. It's kind of sad, actually, but I don't care. <laughs> we beat that ass, baby. I hate Florida. I don't know why. I hate it more than I hate Clemson. But 
How about Dan Mullen? Is he going to be fired? Is he going to be left in Columbia? I think he might be. I think I think Dan Mullen is gone, baby, and and I'm okay with that. Florida or South Carolina has a history of ending coaches' careers, and I'm okay with that. So, Dan Mullen, if you want to come to South Carolina and be our offense coordinator, that's cool. Let's go. Ooh. Let's build a program, baby. Go Cox! Woo! My man, he is recruiting Dan Mullen for offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Um, he is right. Muschamp and McElwain were both fired after losing to South Carolina. Soda box. <laughs> that's what that's a box wine. Oh, oh I, I had to play this one too. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, fellas, a uh, long time listener, third time caller. I <laughs> uh, love what you're doing with the pod. And I just have to say that I was listening to the hottest of hot. Texas Pete hot takes last episode, downset sauce like mean it. And before T Huck even finished his sentence, I hopped on the Hard Rock Sportsbook app, War Chant, Tomahawk Chop for the Seminole Tribe of America for setting that up. Legal sports betting in Florida online. Love it. Four units, Gamecocks, money line, cashed in, six to one odds. Let's go. I love what you're Fuck doing. Up. Listen to the pod, make money. That's the voicemail. Keep it up. College Football Uncensored, best podcast in the universe. I fucking love that, dude. That is... That's my man got a 6-1 to one money line bet. The Florida just approved online gambling, so yeah, we can't he went right on the app. Yeah. Made him some money this weekend, baby. Yeah. Let's go. And also, if you plan on doing that, there's plenty of links that we post every single week on Saturday Down South um, to do that. Uh, that's all we're allowed to say. But I love I that message so much. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I got one Florida caller. This is our man. He he call, he likes to call in a lot. He's very he's very sad. Obviously. There you go. This is Jason. Uh, this O. Jason. Florida. And um, <sighs> man, I don't even know where to start, where to finish. I mean. I love how the game's going on in the background. Like they should be in the top ten for the college football playoff. Tonight. You hear the rooster. You can hear the fucking rooster in the back. What in the entire shit is going on? <laughs> Emory Jones is awful. Dan Mullen is awful. Todd Graham is who we thought he was. What, bro? This team has effing quit, and it's sad because guys like. Pierce and Copeland and man, this shit, this shit is literally like having paper cuts all over your body and oh, no. alcohol. Like you're not gonna die, but good lord, this is gonna hurt for a while. <laughs> man, I appreciate the podcast so much. Y'all have a good one, man. I'm I'm about to go drink myself to oblivion. <laughs> Jason, don't check out of this yet. That's incredible. I love it. I love it, man. We appreciate the best idea we've ever had. This is so fun. This is because it's the epitome of what college football is all about. I mean, look, I I love Jason, dude. He calls every every week, and he's always he's always angry with Todd Grantham, which obviously we understand why. Yeah. Um, How many total voicemails did we get this week? Oh, we got a bunch, but we, we we're not going to play all of them. Obviously, yeah, we got to pick yeah. the best ones. Um, all right, w- should we head to Tennessee, Kentucky? 
that game was fantastic. And, and you knew it would be too. Yeah. Like it just had that feeling. Um, that game was so weird. Like, first off, hats off to Tennessee, man. Like, obviously, Hendon Hooker was a great get for Josh Heupel. He's been so good. He's been so good. Tennessee is ahead of schedule, clearly. Yeah. This game was weird as hell because I would have thought Will Levis, if, if Tennessee was going to win, Will Levis would have had a, had a bad day. A couple picks like we're used to. We, we got good Will Levis in this game. Kentucky, listen to these stats. Kentucky outgained Tennessee 609 yards to 457. Kentucky ran 99 plays. Tennessee ran 47. Think about that. In the first quarter, in the first quarter, I didn't see the total plays or yardage. I just remember, like, so my setup, there's three TVs, right? And I have the, obviously, as you guys already know, I had the BAM LSU game front and center with a sound on because you can't, I don't want to have sound on all Mm -hmm. three. Kentucky, Tennessee to the left, and then I had South Carolina Florida to the right. It was fucking beautiful. But Kentucky, South Carolina, or Kentucky, Tennessee, they popped up this graphic, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I, I had a couple first quarter bets, and they all hit, first off. And then also, you just kind of had a feeling it was going to be this back and forth. But I saw the stat that said Kentucky had the ball in the first quarter for 14 minutes and 23 seconds. Tennessee had it for 37, and they scored twice. 37 seconds. That's like losing your virginity fast scoring. That is unbelievable. Yeah. 37 seconds? Well, in total, Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes in this game. Tennessee <laughs> had it for 14 minutes. Sorry, Kentucky. Total time of possession, 14 minutes. And Almost Tennessee... Per, uh, per play. Think and you that. know why that they still won? They averaged 9.8 yards per play. That's essentially every time you have a play, you get a first down. Listen, we we have said we've said a lot about I think Tennessee throughout the season. We've been really like high on on Harson, and, and I, at this point, it's like I think in the beginning of the day, it's like Harson should have been coach of the maybe SC coach of the year. End of the day, maybe it's hypo at this point because of. I mean, I said on this podcast, and I was wrong. I, I think maybe we both did. How does this team get to six wins? You lost thirty four players in the transfer yeah, portal. I definitely but had them the going. The job over. they have done already. What's kind of scary. And we talk about how much we fear Georgia winning again because of how awful their fans are. No offense, Tennessee. But it's kind of scary to think about what could happen with this program once they actually get players. Yeah. I mean, this is incredible. And that's where I I, I feel like I've kind of learned this lesson too. Um, you, you, have, you can be a great coach. Well, think about Florida. Great example is Florida. You can be a really good coach. But to be competing in the SEC, you have to be on the level of Alabama and Georgia recruiting. In college football, it does not matter. You can have the, one of the best game day coaches in the country. Yeah. If you don't have the best players, there's very minimal chance that you're going to win a championship. Consistently win, too. Like Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so... You know, A&M's getting to that level now recruiting. They just got the number one player in the country at D-Tackle this past weekend. Yeah, what and a weekend for A&M. And we'll get to them in a minute. If if Hypo can recruit, if he can do the McDonald's thing without being as obvious. Um, Which is fine, and it's going to happen. I don't know. Do you yeah. think he knows how to cheat? Um, for real. I mean, not, I'm not even being like funny when I say this. Like, if you want to compete in the sec you better know how to cheat 
Yeah, it's not funny. It's completely yeah. accurate. I mean, yeah. like again, and I'll just say it. I don't think Bama was handing out McDonald's bags. I don't think Kirby Smart is doing everything on the up and up, which is not an attack at Georgia. No. If you hear me you out, it's actually the fact that where did he come from? Oh, yeah, yeah. He came from Alabama. Where did Jeremy Pruitt come from? Mm-hmm. Alabama. Jimbo. What's the guy we were hearing about with Mario Cristobal and all the mm-hmm. stuff we heard about what they were doing in the offseason? Where did he come from? Alabama. Well, in Miami. But uh, like, yeah. You're going to yeah. be shocked when Sarkeesian gets the same recruiting. I mean, like, that. you learn how to do it from, from, the, from the goat there. Well, I don't think. It's also, he's a really good recruiter and the program he builds speaks for itself. I just think that we're also in this day and age of football where you're going to, it's just what it, it is, what it is. Like, you're, like, I'll tell you right now, I think I've, I've said this one time on this podcast, or maybe I've never said it. I can tell you for a absolute fucking fact, an absolute fact that Jalen Waddle was $50,000. <laughs> for a fact. That's one of the best. So, and I only bring that one up. Yeah. Because there's other players that are a lot more. When I say that, like, I don't think, I don't think recruiting for Bama and Georgia is like they're paying money to entice a player. Like, 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 the best players in the country that are trying, you're all trying to get the NFL. You're not just trying to get paid, mm-hmm. right? Like that's so short-sighted. And so I think that like, you're, you're not swaying a player to go to, from one place to another where the ultimate reason that's like a blue chip player. The ultimate reason is paying him. Anyway, that, none of that matters, but like the, the yeah. Tennessee Kentucky game, we had to, a couple of listeners and a couple of people in the podcast group, Tennessee fans actually that were at the game and, and like shockingly, no offense guys gave like respect to Kentucky after the game. Like they were like, like sportsmanship involved and in how like Kroger field had a pretty good atmosphere. I know you hate Kroger field. It's your least favorite stadium in the world. Um, just the name. I've never been there. I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> That's fair. It's like Myrtle <laughs> beach for me. Um, but yeah, man, just like a great, I mean, hit, Hinden Hooker, and I, it was kind of odd because I didn't get to see the second half as much. And I don't know if you watched it, but in the first half, he was 11 of 13 for 200 and something yards and three touchdowns. And he finished the game 15 of 20. So they didn't even pass the ball that much in the second half. Just an incredibly efficient and, imp- and impressive game. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I will admit, um, Clearly, the refs missed a massive oh penalty with the face mask on Levis. I thought Stoops was going to have a conniption on the sideline. I mean, I Levis was going to have one on the field. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there was a missed call, a bad one there. But still, Tennessee goes up to Kentucky, gets the the victory on the road, and it's a great victory for Heupel uh, in this first year here. Yeah. Um, let's do Auburn A&M because it's obviously well, it was hold a on. big we got game. We State and Arkansas. Do you have that on the docket? Oh, of course. Are you just saying that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I well, it was it was a great game, a great ending. I mean, Arkansas was down. Yeah, you know, and they KJ Jefferson goes on the field, go for it on fourth, don't get it, but they get the holding call on Mississippi State, and then what? Dominique Johnson, who had a great day, um, he had like 107 yards, two touchdowns. He scores, and I think within like I think there was like 40 seconds left. Dude, they go all the way down the field to kick a 40 yard field goal. And they're, I guess they had replaced their kicker because the one dude had already missed two, including like a chip shot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they were. <laughs> um, yeah, it was bad. So, and this is, I'm just going to say this again. This is specifically for Sarthak Sharma. I don't take that in a bad way. It's because we love you. 
but we got called out because we didn't spend enough time on other games and blah, blah, blah. Um, this game was awesome. Like I was, I had, I had this up like three 30 game or actually four o'clock start. Um, this was like, I, I said after the game, this was probably the best back and forth quarterback battle. Or actually, I think I, maybe I said that about a different game, but I was like, this, this was like the best game we might've had all year. Like th- this was such a good game, especially in the fourth quarter where the three thirty game and the game of the week in quotes was Auburn A and M. This was on at the same time, like juxtaposed to it, like at, at, on SC Network, and it, it was awesome. The, I mean, you had fifty nine total points scored in this game, twenty nine in the fourth quarter. It, like, and it was it, it was one of those that got better late because because there were so many chances to win from both sides. An incredible job, I would say, from both teams. Arkansas is now bowl eligible, which is fucking huge. I love their social media team. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean that really is right because they like. Think about how big of a joke they were to everybody. It's right. kind of a reminder too of how stupid we can be as fans and how like quickly we can forget stuff because because Arkansas became like the the punchline for for shitty SEC teams because of Chad Morris because of, because of literally a less than two year stint as a head coach. And I remember I said in the preseason I was like, let's not forget that a decade like in the last decade this team went to the Sugar Bowl I think twice and was a top five team and. Oh, man, like it's a huge win for Sam Pittman, the guy that nobody thought should have been hired in the first place. Kendall Browse continues to impress as mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator. KJ Jefferson, by the way, um, like a semifinalist. It caught me off guard when he was a semifinalist for the uh, for the Davey O'Brien Award. But nineteen to twenty three for one hundred ninety one yards, just like very very efficient. Um, Traylon Burke still a beast. Traylon Burke still a beast. Finally getting him more than three receptions a game, too, which is nice. But Will Rogers, man, 75% completion percentage, again, four touchdowns. And, and like, I, I'm a little bit worried about this, but Mike Leach is, like, kind of running the football too much. And he, I think he's doing it just to be a dick. Did you hear his quote this week? No. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I did, but you got you to gotta repeat it for everybody. It was something along the lines of, like, he was like, yeah, you know, fans, like, I, I sometimes I think about just running the ball every single play of the game. But I know that something would happen where they'd mess it up. It was like, it was basically just like admitting, like, I don't give a shit what you guys are saying. We're going to do what I think is best for this offense because, like, I know what I'm doing, basically. Um, really bad job of journalism there. I should have just looked at the quote. But uh, no, it just like, it, like numbers wise, Will Rogers has, has been so great. A game they probably should have at least tied at the end of the regulation. Right. But I remember tweeting it right before it happened. I, you you looked at that kid and it was like, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> that kid was built like a number two pencil. It <laughs> was like, he was, uh, yeah. But a great game, a great game. Yeah. And um, I, I just I, I thought, which which crazy because this is a four o'clock game, and I and I was thinking to myself, I was like, that might have been one of the best games we have, or maybe the best game all season in the SEC. And then Tennessee Kentucky happened right after. Anyway, let's go to uh, College Station. So, obviously, as a viewer of that game, um, so when there's no offensive touchdown score at all, it's a bit of a tough watch. Um, obviously, very impressive. There was not an offensive touchdown score. The only touchdown was a scoop and score off of the sack of Bo Nix. And he did the Marshawn Lynch, by the way. He dove he in. Did. The- <laughs> he, went, he went all in. Shout out Michael Clemens. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, obviously A and M with a a dominant defensive performance here. I mean, um, we got bad Bo Nix. I mean, fucking Zach. 20, 20 of forty one for one hundred fifty three yards, no touchdowns. He had the pick. Um, you know, it's uh, obviously A and M was favored for a reason, but they. Auburn just never truly, I mean, I guess it was 3-3 at one point, but I never really feel like Auburn had any momentum in this game. And yeah, I, mean, um, I don't know. Maybe just my fear of Auburn in November. Also, let me ask you this. I, I brought this up the other day, and I can't remember. Was there some stat about Jimbo coming off a of bye week? Um, I maybe. I mean, a lot of times he's not good off a of bye. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I think he brought it up last year. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um, I, you talk about road Bo Nicks, and I feel bad uh, for bringing this up because the kid, you know, I, I made a whole ass graphic about like, has this road woes like subsided? It took a lot of time to research that, Bo. If you're Mike Bobo and you've done a really good job this season, I'll just say it. But if you're designing a play or calling a play, and at any point in time that play involves Bo Nicks catching the football or receiving the football from the center, and immediately rolling out to his right. Stop everything you're fucking doing and call a different play. Period. Yeah. That is the, the there is like, I'm sure that like Auburn fans, maybe you'll remember Bo Nix's career as him throwing that game winning touchdown against Oregon, Oregon. Or maybe the game against LSU, LSU. in that Heisen moment for fucking ever. Until I'm, you know, like 70, my entire recollection of Bo Nix's career at Auburn is just him rolling out to the right, desperately looking for a receiver that isn't open, and then just firing a fucking ball either at his feet or five yards out of bounds. Because that is all this kid fucking does at point at sometimes. Let's let's give credit to AM though. Yeah, yeah. Like, good job by Derek Mason. Um, Zach Calzada. God. Yeah. I say GD on this podcast, but my god i want to say it right now you just you wonder how that he had that one game but what a fucking gamer though huh <laughs> or he's or he's just fucking paul pierce he's just yeah like, exactly they have the same body they're built i like think a we're dealing account. with paul pierce here <laughs> it's like he's just like limping off the field and then all of a sudden james brown just like look i'm back and uh, man uh, anyway the, the, you brought it up before the game the two running backs yeah yeah, I mean that's yeah Spiller and Shane. I mean they, that's what's carrying them right now. Calzada's he's not going to win you a game. Well, maybe he'll win you one, but fuck you, Tyler. <laughs> um, but I was surprised at the lack of, and maybe it was just because A and M was taking it away. But the lack of touches from Jarquez Hunter, four carries. Yeah, um, All of them early it seemed like too. Yeah, you know, and and Bigsby had 15 for 69 yards. So not a, nice. not a very nice day for him. Um, it started out early, like we, you thought he like the first quarter. I thought he was like the script for both teams seemed like it was pretty good, and they got Watermeyer uh, involved early too. But um, I mean, like this is the you know I don't I, I was off on a couple of things. I thought Bam was going to blow out LSU, but I, I remember saying this. Like flat out, I was like, this has to be the lock of the week is the under, right? Like this, yeah, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. And it was like six to three going into the uh the fourth quarter. I felt good about that. But but I will say this: what an incredible atmosphere, what an incredible weekend for AM fans. 
Did you see the video Unnecessary Roughness posted from, it's obviously like a repost, but like from, from Kyle Field? Uh. My God, I'll send you the link to it. I always, I throw this term around, like I try to make sure it's not loosely because I, I really do love college football. And I think that there's like some places that are like, like above just generalizing. And I like, there's like a couple of cathedrals in college football. And I kind of feel like Kyle field might become, might be becoming one of those. It, really? the, the atmosphere looks, and listen, I know what, what the stadium is filled with. Not anybody I'd ever want to fucking hang out with just flat out. <laughs> just, I was just saying, did you see the fucking, <laughs> they, posted they posted something on Friday night and then another fucking yell member. And his uh. name was Zach Z A C. What are we fucking doing, Zach and Kip? Oh like, my god, it is awful. Like it's, it's a buddy it's, cop movie. It's a buddy cop movie. It's terrible. It's honestly, it's like the names written out of what you would see on a Disney fucking sitcom or whatever that would be. Like, 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 oh, it's awful. It's awful uh, either way. So, but, but, like, great, the atmosphere in general looked great incredible. Atmosphere. The fans are fantastic. Um, and and then like you said, like, what a weekend! They're coming off a bye. They get they get a commit from Nolan. They got a commit from another four star as well. I mean, just a, like they might have won the weekend. And and by the way, they're ranked eleventh in the country, which is odd because because if you're keeping score at home, you fucking assholes, they have been unranked for exactly one calendar week over the last two years. But when they were unranked, they did beat Bama though. <laughs> That's all that matters. It's a terrible <laughs> loss. <laughs> Let's get into that game. So, so congratulations to the Aggies. Uh, Auburn, I still think, is primed for a, a good end of the season. Um, you, Tyler, what are you doing? Why are you even <laughs> saying that? That's not funny. Yo, I'd rather funny. I'd rather have that fucking asshole call in about Oregon State than talk about Bama losing to Auburn. That's just like... <laughs> um, Let's go to the, the big matchup there. We didn't think we didn't spend a lot of time on it because um, I'll just say, it, Chris, you were pretty cocky about it. I, with good reason, Tyler. We've beaten this team 11 now, I think 11 out of the last 12 times. And this is this was a game. This is like I, this is a game where I was so emotionally unhinged and unstable for so many of these matchups from like 2008 to I, I 2008 to 2016. I don't know. And then again in 19 and 18, really that's what the Sage was born is the 2018 game. My college girlfriend, we broke up because of this game because oh. I refused to go to her fucking formal because it was Bama LSU. And Way to put your like, foot down. Yeah, of course. Also left her a message after that national title. I was like, we're 26 and two without you. What have you done with your life? And she's had successful relationships. She's um, <laughs> not living in a basement. So, but no, like um, this game used to be like the biggest game of the year every year in the SEC. So it was like, it was kind of odd not getting up for it, but I thought it was gonna be just like last year where they were just, man was going to put it on them and just from start to finish. Right. There's so many. So, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Did, at any point, did you think LCU was going to win? I changed clothes and I started drinking different drinks. Like I, I got into full. We, I gotta get some fucking sage. 
I don't know if that's bad luck at this point because it's an alley thing, but I like I'm just trans being transparent as like as possible with you guys. I I, I fully changed clothes. I, I changed my entire setup of where I was watching the game, how I was watching the game. I switched drinks. Yeah, I I got and I got real fucking loud. My friend that was over was she had not seen that side of me, and it was yeah. probably not enjoyable. So Bama couldn't run against that LSU defense. A lot of people angry with the Bama O line right now. Yeah, welcome to the fucking party, idiots. I've been saying it all season. Um, Tyler, you tell me what the what the stat is that jumps out to you about that rushing that rushing total. Was it the Brian Robinson who's averaging six and a half yards a carry and a and a top six Heisman finalist going thirteen carries for eighteen? Yeah, or that's, was that's... it? Hold on, or or was it the six total yards that they had for the entire game, or was it the negative nineteen? total rushing yards they had in the second half you tell me which one of those stands out the most mm. probably gonna be it just seems weird to say bama had six yards rushing yeah it yeah it's all bad so i don't know what's going on there but to get into the game a little bit obviously lsu's got that crazy fake punt that only a team Beautiful who's got an outgoing coach would run Bama was in punt safe <laughs> <laughs> uh, kept the drive alive. They end up scoring, going up seven nothing. Bam obviously answers. Bama's first four drives, they couldn't get anything going. Final two of the first half, 116 yards, 14 points between the two. So never, thought, never was worried. We went up 20 to seven, and I was like, I, I, I went for a P, and I, and I, I got so fucking cocky, Tyler. I missed, I, I missed the extra point physically and visually because I went to go pee, and I hear from my friend yelling. They missed the extra point. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> if that costs us the spread, no, no, dude. It might cost you the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I and and yeah, that that bomb to Jameson Williams. I turned to my my buddy and I was like, Yeah, this game. Live bet. Here we fucking go. They're gonna yeah. do what they, they're gonna put their foot on the gas and do what they're supposed to do. They must have slept walked through the first half. It's still that would LSU. be the last that it's would be the last points they scored, Chris. Tyler, Tyler, you brought up the first half drives real quick. Pull up. Do you have ESPN pulled up? Get out of this um, for a second because you are sharing a screen. Because I, I want to talk to you about the last drives of the game. Alabama had, Alabama had 92 total yards. They finished this game with 308 yards and 20 points. Lowest totals they've had. I mean, it's the first time they haven't scored 30 points in a game in 34 straight games. I don't remember ever being held to 308 fucking yards like maybe shula i mean maybe early early saving i don't know um maybe honestly maybe the 2011 bam lsu game with those two great defenses but exit out of this fucking screen what are you doing okay thank you so so we have we have very patient very reasonable bama bama finishes the game i'm mean, looking at halftime like we're dominating this game they have they have we're, we're like it, it's a fluke that LSU is even close. They'll be fine. They'll fucking, you know, and then, then they miss that extra point. And I started to like, look at this game and I was like, Oh no, this is what, this is why this team is not elite. And I've been saying it all year because they don't do the fucking little things. Right. Will Riker misses a 46 yard field goal. Maybe it's 49 yards um, in the first half. That's reasonable, right? Especially for Bambi. Yeah. like, you should almost expect that. He missed it because of a bad snap. That's just fucking execution. That's all that fucking is. 
And it's the same thing on the, on the extra point, but little things like that can cost you a football game. And they probably should have in this case, right? Like when's the last time you watched an Alabama team that had a chance to put somebody away. And I always say this, when you have a chance to do it, you put your foot on their fucking throat and you, and you end it right there. They went into four, four corners offense. We're going to just run the clock out as, as close as we can on that last drive. They went under center and there were no play calls outside of running up the middle, which you haven't done successfully anywhere all night, but they scored that touchdown. Like they had 300 yards total offense. They had 92 yards of offense in the second half. Here are the numbers after that touchdown was scored when you should have once again, put your foot on their throat and fucking and and into the game. You went, (laughs) You went four of your next five drives with three and outs. The only one that wasn't was a fumble. Think about that. The entire second half, four of the next five drives were three and outs. And the only one that wasn't was a fumble. You went three plays, one yard, three plays, negative five yards, um, three plays, eight yards. Um, oh, no. Tyler's power just went out. I don't know what to do, guys. I'll just keep talking. Um, we're in uncharted territories here. Uh, so you go three plays, one yard, three plays, negative five yards, three plays, eight yards. Okay, that's a grand total here, guys, of three drives, nine plays, and four fucking yards. Eight plays, 35 yards, and a fumble, an inexcusable fumble, when you had a chance to at least not put the game away, but you at least had an opportunity to fucking... Like, like flip the field, punt them deep, and then assume that your defense, who once again has played really well, and, and you've been mad at the, at the wrong fucking coordinator the entire season. Um, it, hold on, I'm trying to hear, send this to Tyler. Um, uh-oh. Um, anyway, so you, you, you fumble, and it's an inexcusable fumble. Um, and then you have you have another punt where it's three plays, negative five yards, the last drive. I feel like that punt was yeah, it was a 31-yard punt. It was a 31-yard punt. I've said this all season. This team continuously does nothing in the department of doing the little things to win you a football game. They just don't. They just fucking don't. And it's sad to watch, and it's really fucking frustrating uh, if you're a Bama fan. And I think the most frustrating part for for most Bama fans is the the part that I've, just to pat myself on the back, felt like I've dealt with well all year. And that is, the most difficult part is admitting to yourself and not being delusional that this team is good enough to win a championship at all, at any level, besides the state championship against Auburn. I mean, like, they, they are not a good football team. They just aren't. Maybe this is good at Tyler. Is, uh, oh, fuck. His power's out on the whole street. Um, but I will say this. The one positive takeaway from all of this, um, and maybe Bama's not the number two team in the country. I don't know. I don't know. But the one positive takeaway from all of this, I, I will say is, well, two. One, I'm going to pat myself on the back because Pete Golding, if you're still in the camp that Pete Golding should be fired, you're a fucking idiot. Just flat out. Just, I mean, Pete Golding, Pete Golding saved your fucking season last night. And if you're not going to give credit to him, 
you're going to give it to the other person I'm going to bring up in a positive, positive light. And that's Will Anderson. And we have talked about Jordan Davis all season. I think he is a fantastic football player. And, and this is not uh, for whatever reason, fans do this now because everyone's defensive and, and everything has to be an argument, especially on social media. But this is not taking away from Jordan Davis. But if we are talking about Jordan Davis as a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, it's time to start talking about Will Anderson as a finalist and a candidate for the Heisman Trophy. That doesn't mean I think he should win it, but I tell you what, he's much more deserving than Bryce Young, who is the current odds leader uh, as the quarterback of that football team. Last night, that defense, for the first time in a really long time, I watched a, a Bama game and felt like the defense was more engaging and more fun to watch than the offense. Um, Will Anderson, and you've heard it from people that are smarter than me all, all year and last year, how dominant of a football player he is and how good of a football player he is. This kid, at, at one point during that game, like I just kept saying, like, somebody's got to fucking step up. Somebody's got to make a play. Somebody's got to like get the ball back, take over, get to the fucking quarterback. And 31 in Crimson is so fucking good and so so dominant from a position where I understand edge rushers affect the quarterback, but my God, I like put two guys on him and you would think he like, it, it would somehow slow it down. Chip, you know, add a chip in like from the, like the running running back that kid took over that game at a lot of times last night. And he is the only reason that Alabama has only one loss this season. Flat out, flat out. They, they, this could be a, honestly, this could be a six and three team without Will Anderson. Um, so there you go. All right. We're going to take a short break. And we're going to figure out Tyler's situation because uh, we still have, I believe, another game to go over. I don't know. I'm not good at this on my own. Um, a lot like my personal life, guys. I'm kidding. I'm doing great. All right. We're going to take a quick tw- quick commercial break, and we will be back. We're in the season right now. We'll do recruiting after the season. And when it gets this recruiting time, we can talk about recruiting. All right. All right. We are back um, from our commercial break. Uh, Tyler's entire power just went out. And... Um, we have covered all the games. We've gone over everything we're going to go over. Uh, I just want to say, as we're ending this show, as I do, and I always get way too emotional and sentimental, as you guys know that. Um, but I, let me just say this, okay? Uh, I love you guys so much. You guys have been so fucking great this season. And, and I, I honestly thought that this year was going to be fucking miserable because of everything that happened off, away from, uh, hold on, away from, this job and this podcast. I really did. And, um, and you guys have been really just fucking great and really important. And like, um, and just, it mean, it just means a lot. I'll say that just, it means a lot, uh, that to have like you guys like support in general, but especially all season long. So I just want to tell you that. And then I'm saying it now, uh, because one, I've been sipping fireball for most of this podcast and had three beers and probably a little bit tipsy, but also because I mean it. And I really do just want you guys to know how, how much it means uh, to me, especially throughout this year specifically. Um, uh, and, and, and want you to know that. And the reason I bring that up is because we in the last part of this episode, um, but we're not going to because of the fact that Krista Barish, who's an LSU fan, one of my favorite people um, on social media, went out of her way to leave this voicemail and, and then apologized before I even got to hear it. 
<laughs> and also sent another apology afterwards. And and I'm I pulled it up, and we are going to end this podcast with this specific voicemail uh, just for you guys. And, and just wanted to say thank you again for being such a great audience. It, it, it really, it's I know it's only been one year, and, and you know, um, but it really is cool to hear some of these voicemails and feel like we've like built like a little bit of a community with you guys and, and love y'all. And so we'll take it away. We'll end it with this. Krista Barish, LSU fan. Um, here we go. Um, I had some beef with Marler since Thursday's pod. So um, it seems like he had some aggression towards LSU. And uh, felt like he was just like, taking a go. dead horse by um, oh, like no. a regret starting over. giving you permission to put this in the podcast. But um, I've had some beef with Marler since Thursday's pod. So... Um, it seems like he had some aggression towards LSU and uh, felt like he was just, like, kicking a dead horse by um, constantly saying that Bama's going to beat our ass and we don't know what's coming and I don't know what else he said. He was like, we were going to feel disrespected. And and to be honest, after that game, I don't feel dis- disrespected at all. Um, actually, to be honest, I feel like, we actually played as hard as we did with as many, I think, I think that's what they said, 10 defensive players since the beginning of the year were down. Um, had the most promising showing I think I've seen all year. And I think it makes me feel like LSU is going to go bowling this year. I think we have three games left. We need to win two of them. And I think that's going to happen. Um, but basically, all I'm saying is I just want Marler to apologize to the LSU fans. You don't have to apologize to Coach O. You don't have to – actually, you actually probably should apologize to Coach O because I feel like he actually did a very good job tonight. But um, we're kind of awesome. And like, Sorry, our fan base is kind of awesome, and you like to go there and party with us, so I feel like you should apologize to us so you can continue to do that. Go Tigers. All right. So first off, that's a, that's my first time hearing any of that. Um, uh, I, I will say this, Chris Bears. First off, don't ever fucking apologize for being a fan, okay? Especially if you're just saying something like this. This is one of the nicest, most eloquent, and also fair and objective responses to anything that we've had on this pod. I'm sorry. We'll end with that. I'm I'm so sorry to LSU fans because I fucking love you guys. I, I really do. And, and that's a fan base that I. I always wanted to go to Tiger Stadium, especially at night and Death Valley and all that kind of stuff. And never, never thought I could because, like, when would I go outside of um, a Bama game? And you know, I've always heard, even now, uh, don't go because they hate Bama. They really hate Bama. Um, but, you know, like, honestly, this podcast and the listeners gave me that opportunity of meeting guys like Mickey Sheremy and becoming really good friends with a lot of you guys. Um, but I, you're right. Just specifically about this game, <laughs> I was so wrong. And I wasn't saying you guys will feel disrespected. I was saying that Bama probably still feels disrespected from last time they were in Tuscaloosa. But just an absolutely incredible job from LSU. They got out, co- Bama got out coached. Um, they got outplayed. They probably deserved to lose that game. I think it was a phenomenal job by the defense. That was about it. Um, but you talk about Coach O not having, I mean, I was an asshole. Just flat out. I was I was in my most fan feelings of the whole season, probably the whole offseason, um, you know, or this year when I was talking about this game. No objectivity, 
no fairness, none of that. I completely discounted this team. Uh, an incredible job from Coach O to get those guys ready, especially with, you know, a week ago, they didn't have enough people to even have a practice because of all the injuries. I am sorry. I love you, LSU fans. You guys are fucking great. Baton Rouge is fucking great. Um, and a hell of a game. And also, I, I'm sorry to Krista Barish. I'm, I'm sorry to have said any of that stuff. Uh, I didn't mean to, to come off showing any kind of aggression. And also like congrats to you because you sent a picture of all the alcohol consumed in your house that night on social media and you sounded perfect the entire time. So shout out to you. Shout out to coach O shout out to LSU in general. I love you guys. It's been fantastic. Um, that is all for this show. Tune in again, I guess later this week when hopefully Tyler's power doesn't go out. Um, and, uh, and that's about it. I just realized that I have Yellowstone on this YouTube TV package here over at Rich's and my host family's house. So I'm going to go watch the Duttons, get some revenge in season four, and probably yell at my TV. I love y'all. Hope you have a great week. Let's fucking have a good rest of the season, guys. Oh, and Oregon State lost. So a fucking great weekend in general. Love y'all. Bye.